0: like re go through the terms of service and all that crap
1: nothing better than having to go through the terms of service again and again
0: so that i can just say i agree i didn't read it
1: everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source of Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, November the 9th. Cavaliers coming off of a, um, I guess you could call it a disappointing loss to North Carolina, but in some ways a, um, a somewhat uh, encouraging loss, if that makes any sense. Certainly, Virginia is kind of in a place where moral victories. I mean any victories at this point would be nice But moral victories are a little bit hard to swallow Given the the, the amount of games left in the season Is sort of where things are um, But you did get a sense that they were in this game In a way that maybe most of us didn't expect them to be um, We will no doubt be discussing um, What happened to the Cavaliers against uh, North Carolina We'll preview the matchup with Pittsburgh this Saturday We'll also talk about Virginia's uh, season opening victory Over North Carolina Central on the hardwood Cavaliers uh, had some rocky moments, but figured it out, and um, I think that's going to be a win that you're going to feel pretty good about. Maybe not like in a like thump your chest, you know. It helps the resume to a certain extent, but I mean that's a that's a veteran club with some decent playmakers and guys who were certainly hungry. You know, they started to kind of believe in that second half that they could get it done. UVA used a nice 15 to two run um, spurred by uh, Kike Clark and Reese Beekman. As well as a three in there from uh, Vanderplas to to kind of pull away. Anyway, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody for tonight. Everybody is one editor in chief, Justin Ferber, up in Charlottesville. How's it going, my dude?
0: I guess now we have two sports to get mad about or anxious about or <laughs> whatever. I mean, not that the basketball team is there yet, but you know how it goes. Um,
1: yeah, that's a good point.
0: They give up eight points in you know a few minutes, and all of a sudden people are freaking out. At um, Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter.
1: Uh, Cavs corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the actual blue check, not the uh, not the ones you pay for. Um, so Dave had some stuff going on tonight. Uh, wasn't able to be with us. Um, I, I I think that um, I, he we're going to echo a lot of the things that Dave would say uh, on the show uh, in our in the course of our conversation, especially on the football side. So yeah. So Virginia loses to North Carolina, thirty-one um, twenty-eight. In a game that, in some ways, didn't feel that close, but also felt like Virginia should have won, and those are always those are always the best, like sort of like um, message board or podcast or whatever fodder because like everybody sees whatever they want to see, right? If you if you are down on the staff, you're down on this or that. You look at this and you say, even in the games where you're doing something right, you couldn't win, you know, whatever. Um, You're pointing out the timeout situations, the fact that you know um, that that the team you know did this without three of its best players um cuz clearly guys are not actually hurt cuz they're all by they're just not they're just like buy-in um absences or whatever um which i just find i just found that kind of ironic right like the idea that like dudes would just want to sit out when you know they would like to play the game these guys would like to play the game and maybe do it professionally um you would probably like to have as much film uh, as you can and you certainly don't want to have um, the albatross around your neck of oh just took a game off because they were they weren't happy about X Y and Z. I think it's very clear that these guys did get hurt. It just kind of sucks that they all all of it happened at once. Ferber as you've gotten some more distance from Saturday, um, I don't know if you've had a chance to rewatch the game yet or not. Um, does it stick in your craw the same way? Maybe it did uh, on Saturday. Has it evolved? Do you care at this point? What's what's your what's your feeling on the whole thing?
0: I mean, honestly, I wasn't really like very negative about what happened on Saturday. Um, even in the moment. I mean, it's disappointing to lose, obviously, and that kind of stings regardless of how you get there. But, like, right there, I mean, I thought there were a lot of positives to take from it. Some you have to kind of take with a grain of salt. Um, But ultimately, yeah, I mean, you find out, like, a little bit before kickoff that you're going to be down all these guys on offense. Obviously, they already knew Paris Jones was going to be out. Um, And you start to think, like, all right, you know, they've had so much trouble moving the ball and scoring points before – Carolina's defense isn't very good but like who's Brendan gonna throw the ball to and you know they came out they scored on the first drive they they were moving the ball um they ran the ball better at times throughout the game obviously like you know we have talked a lot this week and stuff we've written and other you know elsewhere about uh J.R. Wilson and Sackett Wood having nice games and the running backs kind of having nice games and Brendan's stats aren't very good but like Ultimately, I mean, I don't know what more you could ask of him in this game, except for the interception. That was certainly one that he would want to have back. Um, but he moved the ball on the ground, scored two touchdowns, kind of like executed the offense. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. Um, I'm not saying this from like a position of like they're better off without the guys that were hurt, but it did feel like, and I said this on Twitter afterwards it felt to me like the biggest change I saw was they kind of came in with the approach of like, we have to just take what's there instead of like, let's try to make all these plays and force the ball to certain guys and, you know, like try to get guys going. It was like, nah, we'll just have to like drop back, see who's open and throw the ball to them and get Brennan going on the ground and then just run the ball. Um, So I think it kind of simplified some of the structure of the offense. And I think it also helped Brennan out just kind of like, you know, if Sackett Woods open, throw him the ball. You don't have to worry about like getting the ball to Wicks or Davis or Thompson or whoever. Um, and then Billy Kemp, you know, he played, but you know, he kind of has been limited all season. So um I, I thought like, you know, I was encouraged by just like the um I wouldn't professionalism isn't the right word because they're not professionals, but you know what I mean, like the just like ability to just execute. Granted, and and this is where the grain of salt comes in, Carolina's defense isn't good. So, like, you know, how much of it was them just being bad? Um, like the offensive line played much better, I thought, than they had against Miami, but how much of that is Carolina versus UVA's improvement? We'll find out against Pitt. Um, defense, you know, Carolina puts everybody in a bad spot. Um like the down situation that was a great job by Phil Longo just he schemed up UVA's defense really well um putting him in the slot and just letting him kind of cook on whoever they put on him because UVA can't change the whole structure of their defense to to fix it really i mean it's just going to come down to like trying to make a few plays and keep him from getting too open but he's too good of a player to um be matched up on a safety and you know he they took advantage of that um but yeah i mean ultimately like it's like you said, it's kind of weird going back and rewatching it and being like, oh, yeah, they were up at halftime and in the third quarter um, because it felt like once Carolina came out of the locker room, like they weren't going to be stopped. Um, and yeah, I mean, that they just put you in a tough spot, but ultimately more encouraged from what I saw in this game than, than others, for sure. The only thing that really annoyed me or just like kind of, you know, was disappointing was just the management of the timeouts and stuff, which has been addressed, obviously, this week.
1: Ah the uh That's certainly an area that's gonna have to be fixed (laughs) Yeah there's a lot of that going around Um so just to to Sort of react to some of what you just Tossed out there I think for me if you If you think if you think about it in the Sense of to your point about like The way it, it looked Better without you know Other guys what I find Hard to stomach is the idea That like it's as simple As oh Brandon's trying to force the ball to player X on this specific play, right? I don't know if it – that doesn't – that just seems like a bridge to No, I, yeah, I really don't but,
0: think that's it because he's not throwing the ball into, like, triple coverage and right, stuff.
1: Like, exactly. I do think that there are times where where Virginia puts guys on the field, and the idea, I think – and you can jump in here if I'm if I'm making zero sense – but I think the idea is you're trying to leverage – because, I mean, this makes sense, right – Put your best players on the field. Try to leverage them against each other, right? That in terms of the defense, right? Make their defense yeah, defend it X, it, Y, pick and Z. Your poison. And, yeah. Exactly. And, and take whatever's there. I think the problem that they've run into this year has been one, that the stars have not been able to just sort of like like out talent defenses. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like for example, that Wicks when he gets open on the first play from scrimmage against Miami, right? Like that's a ball you got to throw and you got to make. Right. But that has not happened a lot this year where one of those guys just out talented the other team. Right. Yeah. And it's um, like, if
0: you make the team pick their poison, like you have to beat them with that other guy, like UVA, right? like what UNC did with downs. It's like, they kind of are like, we're going to have to play the outside receiver straight up. Cause they're really good. And downs is like, okay, I'll just take, you know, slants. Take, right, exactly. <laughs> and I think but like UVA the- doesn't, doesn't make teams pay um at the risk of um
1: at the risk of sounding like i'm trying to um agree with all of y'all who thought that you know everything would be fine if dr bob was still there one of the things i think anaya was very good at was using that leverage right making teams pick their poison um in part because i think he the whole that whole scheme it it seemed very um and watching syracuse again it makes a lot of sense like it made it it, it simplified things to the point where quarterback doesn't have to go through every single progression, right? A lot of the things are um, because of all the the different things that Bob does. There's so much pre-snap decisions too,
0: where it's like, oh, now we have three against two. Exactly. I only have to look over there.
1: So what I find interesting about this game is it's not necessarily as simple as, oh, you know, they're trying to force the ball to to Wicks on this player. They're trying to force the ball to Lavelle. I do think – that it's only human that Brendan Armstrong, he of you know experience having played college football, understands that he has a lot of good wide receivers. He understands he's he's got to keep them all happy. That's a human reaction, right? I think it's human to think like I need to get these guys involved, right? I need to, especially once things got off the ground and it was not you know going well, right? So I do think there have been times. Where it has looked to me like he's tried to do a specific thing because he thought that specific thing was the right thing in the moment, not because it was the right thing for that play or the right, because it was open, right? So, for example, how many times have we seen them just sort of chuck the ball downfield in hopes that Lavelle was just going to like magically be open? A lot, right? They they've done that a lot, and they've called plays in a way that I think. And, and I have said as much like we're trying to get Brennan going or we're trying to, you know, give him some shots or whatever. Yeah,
0: like the shot play thing, they did that to open like every game, it yeah. felt like. And, and they then, didn't do it on Saturday because exactly. there's nobody in to this, throw it to. Exactly. In, in this, this game, Starling that wasn't games. an option.
1: And so what do they do? They they called the game differently. And what I almost would rather is that like they almost would call the game with those dudes like they called this one. Um I I think that it is imperative in this offense for Virginia to use the tight end. Um, and I understand where they're coming from. They had a lot of dudes that are really talented and they're trying to put them on the field. But man, did this offense hum when, one, you know, when you've got a tight end. But two, Mike Collins, I thought, had a, easily his best game, right? I thought he, and I, I mean, again, part of that is Carolina's deep run defense is trash. Um, so I'm not trying to say, like, hey, get him fitted for the. But like, I mean, or so are some of the, the other
0: husband. teams they played and he didn't do anything against Exactly them. where I was
1: yeah. going, right? Which is like, this was a game and it was very clear to me, like, He had an opportunity. He was going to seize it. I think he did a great job with it. He goes down for 75 yards on 16 carries. Um, I just think that in the final analysis, this was not a game where Virginia didn't have the offensive production. They just didn't have the consistency that they needed at the times that they needed it. Um, I'm here to tell you, dear listener, that I loathe having your quarterback punt the football in literally every yeah. situation other than if every that punter a disappointment on the team is hurt, okay? I do not, under any circumstances, want to see Brennan Armstrong's foot touch a football unless he can also then pick it up off the ground and throw it to somebody, okay? I do not, under any circumstances, want to see him punt again ever unless, like I said, every single punter and probably kicker and several other people have all caught, like, The bubonic plague, or something. Okay. There is no reason that you should, on fourth and five from the 32 yard line, have your quarterback who has punted approximately one time in a game punt again and then have it go for a touchback. The chances of that thing going for a touchback are like 90%. Unless you're telling me, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a rant. I didn't feel this coming. Oh, yeah. Go. We're here. Okay. Listen, unless you're telling me that Virginia spends actual practice time with Brennan Armstrong punting footballs, trying to get people in the coffin corner, okay? If that's the case, if you're telling me that they spend actual practice time with Brandon Armstrong, punting the football, trying to perfect the thing, I'll stand down. But since I do not Even if they are,
0: I don't know that that's probably (laughs) the best way to spend your time. It's
1: just, I mean, it is another example of this season of Virginia just really he's trying to get too cute with it, man. Like Bob did this stuff too. So I'm not going to say this is like a uniquely, you know, UVA 2022 thing. But look, if you don't feel like you can, you can kick a field goal from that distance, go for it. It's fine.
0: Yeah. If it's okay. Like, and this is kind of where I want to jump in. Like if this is my biggest issue with it, the 32 is pretty bad fourth and five is the worst part for me. Like if it's and the last one against Duke was short too, it was like fourth and four or fourth and two or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Like that, that's my biggest thing is like, if it's fourth and 13 at the 32 and you feel like you're in like no man's land and you want to like line up and try to get a free play or something. And it's like, Hey, if they don't do anything, just punt, whatever. Like, I mean, I'm not going to like argue that so much. Right. Mm -hmm. My thing is like, this was fourth and makeable. Um, and you all right, so you already did it against Duke, failed, because it was a touchback. So you gained what, like fifteen yards. Um, so you're not flipping field position. And then they went down and scored a touchdown, because like as you guys said when we recorded that podcast, it was like the team felt like they didn't respond well to that right. play. Right. I don't know if that's why Duke scored or if it was execution, but probably some combination, right? Then they did it again, and guess what? Touchback again, and Carolina scored off of it. So it's I mean, like, maybe stop doing it. If you're um, playing,
1: if you're playing a team that doesn't have like any real offense or something and you, you want to make the argument yeah, like, like it, oh, the defense, I could see like North field Carolina with really, like Heisman yeah. trophy guy at quarterback. Like, what are yeah, you it, doing? They can, they have like three guys that could
0: score a 99 yard touchdown. Easy. So like, even if you back them up, <laughs> like, but also like the field position thing. If your if your contention is like we pin them deep and then we're gonna get a three and out and they're gonna punt it back to us and we're gonna get the ball in decent field position, you're already in decent field position right now. You're at the thirty two with the fourth and makeable, like
1: and yeah, exactly. Do you really
0: think the way that UVA's offense (laughs) has moved the ball this year that like oh this is the possession where we're gonna take advantage of it? Like
1: you have better recall for these things than I do. The play before that was all like it was one of those like oh they're setting they're setting up for um. There's, it felt like at the time, like, yeah, this is four down territory. And then yeah, that's plunged.
0: exactly what I thought. I was like, 32. That's like pretty. I mean, Betridge maybe could make that. That's a 49 yarder. He hasn't made anything that long. He made a 47 yarder. It's like, I bet. And they have the numbers, you know, like, you know, Bronco always talked about this. They know kind of where the range ends, you know. Um, and I think it's probably right around there. So I was like, yeah, four down territory. And then when he punted, I was like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, here we go again.
1: It felt like, listen, and I, I know I, I sometimes use this, but field position for for some coaches, field position is a hell of a drug, right? Like they can't, they can't not. And I get it, right? I get it. And I understand from a me- methodology standpoint, you listen to Des Kitchens, you listen to Tony Elliott, and you understand like they want to run the football. They want to be, um, they want to be tough in the trenches. They want to be able to sort of create their own, space so to speak right like they want to blow people off the ball they want to you know they want to be physical they want to to be i think they'd like to go faster okay but that's not the team you have you know and you're and you kind of have to like you have to sort of first off be with the team you do have and yes this was a game where virginia could run the football this was a game where you know a lot of the stuff that they wanted to do was working right um i'm a big believer that Aggression in college football usually wins the day. Now you can't be stupid, um, but you—I think aggression—and and we know from you it's know it's more quotes, likely that
0: you're not going to regret the aggressive play. Exactly, like we were the, trying to win. Like, the team that you know. is
1: pushing the envelope typically is the team that wins the day, right? Tony Elliott has said publicly that this team responds better when they are being more aggressive, and I just felt like in that due game, that play just really. At least the
0: only the only thing I'll say about the Duke game was it had started to rain hard, so it was like okay, like I kind of see what they're trying to do here in the moment. Um, This game, you know, that was not an issue,
1: and the fact that and what's funny is that like this one and i realize we're 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 spending a lot of time on this but i do think that this is i completely sort of,
0: forgot that it happened until you brought you it up. you blocked it out of your memory that's <laughs> yeah.
1: what you did you you just like you just you just absconded it to this depths of your brain and you're like no 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 it didn't even happen I meanwhile know i, I had been about waiting it in for days two, but i
0: was like <laughs> you know like whatever we, we move on
1: i've been waiting for days to talk about this and i and i and i probably should have seen the rant coming but it's just it, it just it's so it's so like It's so microcosm of this season that in that moment with that opponent, given where things were, right? I'd
0: rather just throw the tackle eligible play, like honestly, (laughs) than see them do that again. Oh, that's a good point. But and then like it it speaks to the larger thing I was talking about with the timeouts. It's like they just I mean, and again, I'm not saying like the dude can't coach or anything like that. But I think you're seeing like a first time head coach, like dealing with some things that he's never had to deal with before. Right. Like, right. And that's normal. I mean, like I get it. Um Like the timeouts, it's like, dude, it's fourth and two. You at your own 28. Just take the delay. Like, you know, obviously like the first one, you know, I get it. Like he's trying to stop them from snapping the ball. You can't just yell, take the delay. You know, like people think you, it's not like Madden. Um, but I, I get it. But like, Ultimately, it's like you got to find a way to not use those timeouts. Brent, the one Brennan took, like, you know, he defended that one. I think that one's fine, you know, but once you've already lost one, you can't be using the rest of them in a game like yeah. that where you know you're probably going to be in the situation that you ended up in at the end where it's like you're in the game, but Carolina's ahead.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, man, I, I... And if I, it
0: was the first time it's happened, I probably wouldn't even care. I'd right be like whatever but this is a recurring
1: issue. yeah this is and 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 I hope that's the last time we see it I, I do think though that one of the things that I thought was really good about the offense in this game was that they were able to sort of turn the page on adversity when things happen so you know Brendan, was he was better in this game I think in some ways in other ways not so much I thought he was a little behind on throws in this game that, I was a little surprised when them. I
0: saw his stats that he was like under 50% passing yeah
1: yeah cuz I mean when well, they asked him to throw it a bunch um but I mean, part of 30, that, I guess, is times, you know, is yeah. because he was you know they were trailing. But I mean, he was a little behind guys. That's what led to the first pick, um, or the pick. The first sorry.
0: pick was the his worst throw of the game, yeah, like, easily. Yeah.
1: Now he did have one. He he threw behind. Um, I feel like he threw behind Kemp in the red zone later. And also,
0: like I, from memory, at least, I mean, I went back and watched it. But like, if you go to PFF, there's like five drops. But if you actually go back and watch them, a lot of them were like balls thrown like ho- like low and away. Like yeah. hard to catch, like yeah. to Davies or to Wilson, um. So not like the ones where dudes got hit in the hands and dropped it. I'm sure there was like one or two of those, um. But yeah, I will give them points
1: off. for give them points. Um, I will give them points for scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Um, yeah, four for four. I mean, yeah, listen, I understand. I mean, they,
0: they completely flipped that from the week before.
1: I understand Carolina's defense is not exactly you know the 85 Bears or whatever, but like, I mean. I don't care who you're playing, given what Virginia has struggled with in the red zone this season, to go four for four with four touchdowns, I think says a lot about where, you know, where they want to be and sort of um, that it can happen.
0: They also went four for four without Wicks, Thompson, Davis. Right. I mean, like, that that kind of, to me, balances out the North Carolina's defense isn't good part of it, like – you know, it's like, Hey, they had to do it with like Brandon Armstrong and a bunch of dudes that defend the defenders probably aren't worried about. So like the fact that he scored two rushing touchdowns is even more impressive because like, you know, they were probably keyed up on that.
1: Right. Like, yeah. Um. I also think it's worth noting that they're, they're, their touchdown drives in this game. Nine plays 65 yards, 13 plays 75 yards, uh, 10 plays 75 yards, seven plays 71 yards these were sustained drives they weren't they like to,
0: built on big
1: plays Exactly yeah. they weren't explosive like oh they had two plays one of them went for 66 and the other one went for 4 right Like this was a this was a concerted consistent effort they moved the ball down the field they they did it consistently they got past their mistakes and stuff like that And I think that that part in and of itself just getting past their own mistakes being able to put long drives together where they weren't, where even if things didn't necessarily go perfectly according to script, so to speak, right, you were able to still continue to move the chains. Uh, I think that is probably the biggest offensive takeaway for me. Uh, Beyond just, you know, the the Wilson kid is pretty good. Beyond, you know, that they need to use Sackett Wood more. Beyond even Mike Hollins having a really nice game. I think above all for me, the offense coming out there, being able to put out what they did to – to perform and execute the way they did To be consistent at times like That in and of itself is a really nice step in the right direction um, Now granted The next game is going to be a little bit more different Because Pitt's a very different team Than Carolina in a variety of different ways Which we'll get into in a few um, I don't want to leave the Carolina game without talking about the defense I thought in coming in You knew that they were going to get tested differently Because Drake May, Josh Downs um, The Green Kid like they, they Carolina has a really nice offense And they they call it well. They executed at a high level. May is such a perfect fit. Gosh, even in some ways, it may be even Sam Howell wasn't. You know, he's even better, right? Because he can, because he. You know how Sam Howell late in his career he started running a little bit more, and yeah. you really got this. It was really like, ah oh man, like how are you supposed to stop them? This kid is so f- like good at being able to extend plays, and he moves well, and he's good at on the. The move. first
0: touchdown he had was very nice, where he cut back across yeah. the field.
1: And I mean, and and his ability to sort of like use his athleticism combined with what I would call like, almost like that, like, um, he's not, it's not that he's not fast, right? It's that he can, he does a really nice job of changing up his speed. So when he needs to run, he can run, but when he needs to sort of like, you know, just sort of move he moves and he's and he's never he doesn't seem like he gets out of balance or out of whack real quick yeah. you know like he's, I know all, he's very good at him
0: to alex smith and i think that's a good that's comparison. a yeah that's
1: really good i just think may may's a really nice looking prospect and uh, i understand that he put up some decent numbers in this game i understand you know that that he's going to be um he's going to be the acc player of the year um unless lord i don't know what have to what would have to change he goes twenty six to thirty seven for two ninety three and two touchdowns. He also ran um, sixteen times like for seventy
0: four. Yeah, oh, seventy four. Okay.
1: And then he also ran for that other score to to Ferber's point. So I mean, look, but I just thought that defensively they still did a really nice job because um, Carolina puts a lot of leverage on you, right? They put you in a really a lot of tough spots, and I thought Virginia played pretty well um, considering. They got um, them
0: into third down a lot it felt yes, like you know yeah. and and they it was like okay and they survived some early in the game later in the game it just wasn't happening but like i said carolina does it to everybody like
1: yeah, you kind of knew. Finishes, that's why i
0: didn't think there was a path for uva to win cuz i thought uva would give up 31 points and uva just wouldn't be able to get close to that but carolina finished
1: 7 of 14 on third down um all right so let's talk about this pit game cuz we do have hoops to get into um uh, all right, first off, we don't know for sure do we if the Banacaneda kid's going to play. The expectation is it that It sounded play. like he
0: was going to so after they played last week, would they play? I forget. Um Syracuse. Narduzzi mm-hmm. said, you know, he was out today, but like we're expecting he'll be back next week. So, I haven't heard anything definitive, but it kind of sounds like it was heading in that direction.
1: So, I mean, is this, is it safe to say in your opinion that this thing sh- changes significantly like it shifts if he doesn't play?
0: The guy the back of Hammond is pretty solid, but the is just like a much more proven known commodity, right? I mean he has like a thousand yards rushing and had like man, his stats against Virginia Tech were just ridiculous. He had like three hundred yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> um which is just absurd. But especially against a defense that was supposed to be pretty good. Um but yeah, I mean like it, against Syracuse they they kind of played like conservative pit football and and just ran the ball with Hammond and he was he was decent but yeah i'm not saying that dude can't run it's just kind of like if they don't have a band of candy, it's like a band of Candace thing is like you know how pit is like they, they they'll take 4 yards right but like he can take a 4 yard draw and turn it into like a 30 yard run and that's where UVA just can't give those up in this game they have to find a way to keep this game in the 20 to 17 17 14 range and you're not going to do that if you give up
1: explosive plays yeah uh, what do we make of what do we make of um i don't know the post uh whip whipple area era. what
0: i mean what it we, seems like a bad idea i you know, mean what it we really does
1: time. isn't it to lose to lose your your quarterback your oc and your best wide receiver because i mean i understand that pat wants to be a different team than they were but man, they kind of had it cooking being the team that they uh, were like,
0: yeah, that's what I don't understand this. It's like you're 10 and two. You won the ACC. Like, why do you why do you have to run the ball? Because you're just your brain can't handle like that. It's 2022 and teams throw the ball like <laughs> I don't understand. And it's not like throwing the ball is unsustainable. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, but I get it. Like, you know, whatever. That's their thing. I don't think he didn't get fired, but like, you know, he went and left and when he left they kind of crapped on him on the way out the they door. Did. The they absolutely and that's did. that's what I mean by it's dumb. He's like, Yeah, we didn't run the ball enough. And it's like, but you won forty eight to forty. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. Um, you know, ask the UVA fans about like the offense, you know, like being more balanced. Like, how's it working <laughs> out?
1: Um how would you compare on the flip side of that, how would you compare this year's pit defense to what we saw last year?
0: I think they're they're a little better. Um, last year it was weird because like they had some good moments, but they were, they were susceptible to like, um, and I know they had some injury issues throughout the year. Like, but they, I mean like that UVA game, they, UVA scored what, like 30 points. Um, and they did that a lot. I mean, the weight game, they gave up points and you know, the, the, there were other games where they gave up points the, there are. I mean, for them right now, it's like about their front and just getting pressure and and they always have like some pretty good defensive backs and, um, I think there'll be a challenge, but they've also given up plenty of points in in games. I mean, like they only give up nine to Syracuse on Saturday. Dr. Bob's offense had what, like 145 yards of offense. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, was rough. um, I, but they were, you know, in fairness, the backup quarterback is playing. So, um, but I'm just looking through their games. I mean, like they give up 42 to UNC, which you know, like I said, that happens. They give up 24 to Louisville. They gave up 29 to Virginia Tech, um, in a win, and then they gave up 26 in a loss to Georgia Tech. So, I mean, like. Their defense isn't terrible, but it's not like it's not like a game where UVA won't be able to score. I mean, I think they'll be able to to move the ball and score. It's not going to be as easy as it was against Carolina, but I'd say it's probably comparable to Miami, where UVA didn't score much, but they had opportunities. Right? I mean, they moved the ball um, at times, and, and they got in the red zone. They just couldn't finish drives. So it's going to come down to stuff like that. You know, winning those matchups. Just finding a way to score in the red zone, find a way to move the ball in third and short um, stuff like that. I mean, for both teams, I think that's kind of how it's going to yeah. play out.
1: I feel like this is a more physical pit defense. I don't know if they're necessarily to your point about injuries and stuff like as talented or anything like that, but it does feel like this is a more physical group. If mm-hmm. that's the case, I, I think Holland's being able to run the football is going to be important. I also feel like this is a game where you you kind of wonder you know all right what will the coach and staff take What lessons will they take from the Carolina game um, Because I think we, we kind of expect that that Thompson is probably going to play That Davis is probably going to play Probably may, maybe of the three He's the guy who's the most like 50-50 I, I don't know If we're going to see Wicks again um, This week at least um, And then you have fields and then and then there's the, Then there's the Malachi question right so like You know I posted on the board the other Day and, and stuff like it, it that everything we've heard was that he was likely not going to play this year i was told before the game by by a team source that essentially he was warming up but he was not going to play the tar- that the trainers had targeted uh the next game as to or excuse me had targeted that game as when he would return but that they were going to give him one more week um and, I mean, and you know that they
0: were being careful because they needed him last week. Yeah, they, they could have really <laughs> no. used him, right? Yeah. But
1: watching him going through warm ups and then seeing it, like he was definitely not like just like, hey, let me catch a pass here and there, mm-hmm. right? Like, I saw sometimes, him run out
0: of the tunnel when they played Miami, and he looked completely fine.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay. Like sometimes you, and this is for folks who don't get to to see a lot of stuff on the sideline or like pregame, but like a lot of times a guy will be hurt. But like for example, especially if it's a wide receiver. They'll actually be out there while the quarterbacks are warming up and then the quarterbacks will throw the ball to them and then they'll throw and they'll hand the ball to the quarterback because you just don't want somebody to like jam a finger trying to catch a pass. Yeah, you don't throw right?
0: the ball back to Brennan.
1: Yeah, like, exactly. You like, so, you know, he's like Tony Stark, you know, somebody else hands it to him. Um, but that's a real niche uh, Marvel mm-hmm. joke for all of you out there. Um but yeah, it, Marvel's real niche, Brad. Listen, <laughs> of the people who listen to this, <laughs> made podcast, like a I would, dollars. I would, <laughs> I would love to know of the people who watch, who listen to this podcast. How many people really got that joke before I sort of explained it? Anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, I, I I just I wonder if okay, if he plays, which it certainly seems like, given Tony's comments, that he's going to, um, that he's going to be on a pitch count. What do they? What does that mean for the offense? Well, I, I mean, if it kind of depends on who else is available. What I really hope they don't do is that like you get him in the office and it's like now they've got this like shiny new toy and they're like, hey, let's try to force the ball there. Yeah, I, I don't want them know? to have
0: like plays set up for him. <laughs> you know, well, I don't mind them just...
1: I don't mind them having plays quarter- set up for him. What I mind is like forcing the ball yeah. when it shouldn't go there. And I do well, think especially that he's... he's
0: not a receiver like uh like a Zacchaeus where you design like underneath stuff for him. Yeah. I agree. You you. just, he's just runs as part of the offense. So you don't need, they're not going to have like a package for him or something
1: like that. And I will say like having watched Josh downs, being able to like, just, just move just so freely uh, in and out of his breaks and stuff. Like I think one of the things that Malachi does well is for a guy, his size, he gets in and out of his breaks. So I'm curious to see what he looks like. Um, Now, granted, you know, sometimes things change. So, you know, we'll have to wait and get to Saturday to see if this is all pans out, but offensively, I, I kind of hope they, they took some of the lessons they learned against Carolina and, you know, whether it's playing Sacketwood more, maybe it is, you know, sort of just letting the taking what the defense is giving you and, and, and making some hay out of it. I, I feel like that was the least, I don't know, out of sorts we've seen Brendan, like, some of the games this year, he he's just looked completely uncomfortable. And not because the offensive line was allowing pressure and stuff. In the general just flow of things, he just looked uncomfortable. And I thought this game, he he looked more comfortable. So can he take another step forward? Can the offense sort of, you know, I, I feel like on some level, we're all sort of just sitting around waiting for last year to pop back up, you know? Um, and that's, I think that's human. I think that's natural. But I also think that it's probably futile, Right. Like, Mm -hmm. it's probably not a good – it's probably not going to happen anyway, so it's probably not good to put that expectation on them. I don't think that they necessarily carry that expectation on themselves. They just know that that they're better. They have the potential to be better, that they've done better. Um, And, I mean, honestly, a a half of football where the offense isn't necessarily just like scoring at will, but it's just moving the ball without you feeling like any second the entire thing could just blow up. Uh, And that's been the offense all year, right, which is like every – it just feels like every few seconds, like, up, oh, there's the there's the holding penalty that's gonna kill this drive, or oh, up, there's the the pass that, that should have been caught that wasn't, right? Um oh look, they put the ball on the ground, they got the ball back, but you know, now they they lost three yards, you know, now it's third and long. Um it just feels like they I feel like they should learn some stuff from last week. Um if that's to play Wilson more, if it's to play Woodmore, whatever that might be, um I hope that they take some some stuff from that. Um, Yeah, and also you have
0: to, like, not to be too, you know, fatalistic, but, like, you have to eventually start thinking, like, about 2023. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this season, you still have plenty to play for, but you also have, like, you've also lost a lot of the things you have to play for. So, like, you know, you got three games left. Like, maybe Wilson getting some of Wicks' plays isn't a bad thing. Maybe – you know, Fields playing a little bit and Wilson playing more and Sackett Wood being a bigger part of things and Xavier Brown being a bigger part of things is like, you know, good for them ultimately. And Jay Wolfolk maybe being a bigger part of things Um, at some point, you know, they're trying to work him into the game, whatever they need to do. So, you know, I I don't want to throw away the last three games, but like, you know, this is your chance, especially if you miss a bowl game, you miss all those practices, you get some, you kind of can use these weeks, especially next week's game, against coastal where it's like a non ACC game. It's not a rivalry game. I don't want to say you throw the game away, but you know, if you well, want yeah, to start experimenting.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I was going to say really the result of this game will dictate a lot of that. Right. Cause if, if they yeah, lose, if you lose this one,
0: you can't go to a bowl. Game. Then
1: you can't go to a bowl game. So then you're just like, okay, now your next two games are in a large, large way. Um, they are the, they are your bowl. You know, certainly that'll turn the, you know, the tech game will be that way anyway. Um, since they're not going bowling, um, but it's it's just funny to me to see see so much offensive talent, um, and I mean this isn't even just based on lashes. Just like these dudes are, you know, they're pretty good. Qu- the question is, you know, we can all sort of sit around and wait for them to snap into it. I, I think at this point you're it, it, you're you're setting yourself up for, for disappointment if you think that like all of a sudden you know that's just gonna happen. But I do think that given what we saw last week, and sort and sort of, um, if you put that with the bigger, um, the bigger picture in terms of that, not only do they have talent, but then even like some of the dudes who are like backups are pretty decently talented, right? So there's something, something more, You know what I mean? Like there's some good there, right? And so I think for, given the frustration that folks have had with the offense this year, um, that's an interesting sort of spot to be in. Um, at this point in the season, um, let's let's go ahead and get some picks, forever. We're not we we, we we're no longer revisiting the preseason prediction podcast because um, that thing never happened. I don't I don't know I don't know what we did. Yeah, what week. are you talking about? Um, except for except for the prop bets, which apparently I'm not far off on the attendance, which might be my only like yeah the only thing buy I get some right. For <laughs> um, the next
0: two, or that average is going down.
1: Um. All right, so what's uh what's what say you on this game?
0: Yeah, I think um like I said I think it's a it's a trenches game. Uh it's a who wins third and short, who wins the red zone, turnover battle kind of game. Kind of like Miami. I don't think Pitt'll be nearly as inept on offense as Miami was. I mean, Miami couldn't really do anything in, except for two drives. Pitt'll move the ball much better than that. I'm just like I feel like the way that they win is the way that UVA's defense can like kind of line up and get stops. Like I don't know if they'll get stops all game, but I mean like last year's team um you know Pitt was able to kind of throw the ball around the yard. They had Jordan Addison and UVA just wasn't set up to stop them. This Pitt team, they'll they'll get into play action and stuff, but like they're going to run the ball and UVA's done okay against the run. I mean, this is going to be a challenge, but you know, if they can get into second and eights and and third and sixes, like they can win this game. And and that's crazy. I mean, like, what an opportunity at this point, you know, given that like, you know, they're three and six, they've been close the last two games. Um, You win this one, you're four and six. And your next game is against a backup quarterback for coastal since Grayson McCall got hurt. You can win that game. And then you go to Blacksburg against a currently two and seven team like you could get to a bowl game if you win this game. Um obviously there's a lot of stuff that goes into it after that but um yeah, what an opportunity, you know, and and I, I think it's going to be hard, but I think I think they can do it if if things break right. They just they can't have the mistakes they had against Miami. You can't um you can't like flounder in the red zone like that. You can't leave points on the table. You can't have penalties like um they have to be cleaner and they have to just figure out a way to hold pit probably somewhere in the 150 rushing yard range maybe maybe almost 200 if they can do well against the pass um and you try to eke out like a 21-17 20 to 17 kind of game um ultimately i'm going to pick pit cuz they're just they've just been a better team but um you know some of these games like their Louisville game they were bad you know they they did okay early against carolina then kind of fell apart they beat a backup quarterback like uh Syracuse team at home with 19 points so i mean like it's not like they're coming in on like red hot so right. i think UVA keeps it competitive um ultimately i i just think Pitt is a more sound team and they'll make enough plays in in the running game to to win um i'll go 23-17 in a game that's kind of like last week's game where, like, Pitt is up, like, 10. You know, they kind of have him at arm's length a lot of the way.
1: Uh, when I, I answered the, the questions for our Pitt site, and I, I, I still think that this is a, you know, it's an interesting game. Your point about the the Virginia defense sort of being set up to stop what Pitt does. One of the things that I think you've seen from John Rosinski this season has been that um, his guys tend to – to really respond to whatever that challenge is that week, I, I mean, I understand that that Carolina's passing game was was the challenge last week, and I'm not trying to say that Virginia like shut them down, or obviously that's not just not true. Um, they did okay early, but though. they did I mean. pretty. They you know it was it wasn't it wasn't that way for the whole game, but they did a pretty decent job early on. Um, but I think, and in, in, I don't know if this is gonna make sense outside my head, but. It just seems like to me, if your identity is to to use multiple receivers to really kind of move the ball down the field, throw it around, do different stuff, I feel like that's a much harder proposition to stop than if you're already kind of good against the run. And I feel like Virginia's been pretty good against the run this year. And yeah, this is going to be a physical game. It's going to be, you know, this is a game where you're going to really need that defensive line depth, you know, the rotation that has worked pretty well there this year. Um Nick Jackson is going to have like a million tackles in this game. Yeah. I, I'm kind of like you. I think Virginia can absolutely win this thing. Um, matter of fact, I would not be surprised to even see it flipped and have the Cavaliers win by the exact score I'm going to give. But it's hard for me to pick against uh, Pitt in this game simply because Pitt's the better, you know, right now I think Pitt's the better team. Um, Virginia has shown flashes of, you know, being able to be better than the Cavaliers are. Um but it's gonna to have to kind of come together before I'm gonna pick it so I'll I'll take pitt 27 24 um, should be a should be a good one um, as long as the rain sort of stays away. All right let's talk let's talk hoops uh, at least for a little bit. 73, uh, 61 win for the Cavaliers to open the 2022 2023 season. Um, Cousin Armand goes off 21 points on um, five or nine shooting four seven from three Cavaliers got a nice boost from uh Caden Shedrick in the second half. Um he went from like why is he playing to all of a sudden beast mode in like the drop of a hat. Um and I'm not and as I wrote in the takeaways thing, like I'm not really sure how that happens, but when he's in that place, they're a, just a very different team. Ferber, what did you think uh, you know, well, it was your first time being back there uh in the, been a while. In, in the media seating and such. What did you think of the opener? What did you think of the who's?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, there were definitely times in that first half where it felt like they were just going to kind of handle their business and get away from them, but I got to give um obviously UVA didn't do some things well for a while there in the second half, but I'll give NC Central Credit first. I think they they were like very under control. Like, you know, for a team that probably doesn't play a lot of games in places like this, like they it wasn't that they went got like red hot and just made this like crazy comeback. It was like they were just like chipping away, you know. Um, because they just, they look like a super comfortable veteran team, but ultimately, you know, first game, uh, interesting to see kind of like who plays, how much and things like that. And, um, in some ways what we saw was expected. Um, I think it was good to see Armand Franklin have a nice game, Uh, especially how he ended the year strong last year in the NIT. Um, seems like they might've actually fixed his shot, but I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out over the next few weeks. Um. You know, I thought Reese did some nice things, had a couple uncharacteristic plays, but did did a nice job. The big men, you know, like Kafaro, kind of saved them for a while there. Um, you know, he made a lot of nice plays off the bench, got some scoring, especially in the first half. And and Shedrick, it was rough for a while there. And, you know, he came out, but then he really responded late in the game and made a bunch of big plays, not just scoring, but just on defense, you know, keeping some loose balls on the offensive end, did, did a lot of like little things that were really helpful. And it was really encouraging to see him kind of bounce back because – you know, the biggest thing for him is just the consistency. And it was nice to see him sort of like flex a little bit late in the game, you know, Kihe and Gardner pretty quiet. Um, but ultimately I, I said this after the game, this feels like a team that we're like, you know, on, on Monday night, it was Franklin and it was Kefaro and, and Shedrick. And, you know, those guys made a lot of the Hey, on the offensive end, and and on Friday night, it might be Kihei and Gardner and Vanderplas. Like it feels like it'll just be different guys on different nights, which isn't a bad thing. Um, ultimately, like you know, we'll see how things shake out with the guys that um, didn't play so much. You know, like like Trout and Dunn and and McNeely played like twenty three minutes, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how how they make that work. But ultimately, about what I expected, um, I thought UVa would win by you know maybe like eighteen or nineteen instead of twelve, but. Um, ultimately, you know, they got the job done. You kind of, you don't, I don't want to say these are like preseason games, but you kind of almost treat them that way because it's like, you're going to mess with your rotations. You're still kind of getting your feet wet. The guys are getting used to playing, you know, with live bullets in a real game with each other against other teams. Um, so I think, you know, it was encouraging and, and I expect them to, to do even better on Friday night.
1: What's interesting to me about this is that if you, if you think about if a coach has new players, right? Well, the goal here is to, is to get the guys out there let them play uh, around each other, get a sense of what combinations make most sense, right? When you have a veteran-laden team like Tony Bennett has, and you've got a handful of newcomers, whether those are rookies or transfers or whatever that might be, you have a similar challenge, though different, right? And the similar challenge is like, okay, I know what these guys have done before. Now I'm curious when you when you inject this these differences, right, this these different skill sets, guys getting different minutes, maybe some different combinations, what do they look like? So in, effectively, like, even if you have a veteran team, outside of, like, literally every guy came back and you didn't add anybody, like, you're going to kind of go through the same sort of, like, you know, it's a chemistry lab and you're sort of adding a little bit of this and taking away a little bit of that. And I thought, by and large, what I saw from Virginia the other night, I still, I I, I can't help at times but feel like, playing Clark and Beekman will ne- I don't know if it's ever gonna feel unless they're both like hitting, like from, you know, whether it's yeah it had to be from three, but just if they're not scoring, it it's hard for me to to think that's their best lineup if that makes any sense. And right? it felt
0: like you saw some of the old stuff against Yeah, like Central, in that, where that it's like the guys had, are just yeah. they're just playing too far off those guys. And yes. it's like it it makes it so everything's like I texted you guys I was like they're just they don't have space on the right. court. Right.
1: And part of that was because and it's
0: because the two guards are playing at the free throw line against exactly. guys at the three point line.
1: <laughs> like and and I think ultimately, I mean we've kind of talked about this, you know, a good bit, but what this this game did a nice job of is essentially what they were doing is they were sort of they were tight man everywhere except for on the center, and that guy would sort of satellite off. And so he would sort of shut down the lane. Neither, even though Kihei and Reese can drive, it's not a focal point of their game. Like they're not guys who routinely, you know, are just always getting to the rim, right? Kihei, a lot of times when he's not, when he's not we talked about this before on the preseason show, right? Like when he's not the he's not in his in his zone sort of um doing the things that come naturally to him doing the things that fit him when he's trying to do the extra stuff when he's trying to be maybe he's got the team needs him to to try to drive more and he's driving into the trees like that's usually when when you get the more turnovers from him he's not as efficient he's not scoring um and you have just these empty possessions Reese is a better driver though he doesn't necessarily the aggression for him sometimes wanes right what Virginia doesn't have is a guy who just can you know, Go get his own shot. Just like you know, they would clear it out for Brogdon. They clear it out for Dre. Go get your own shot. Just go do it.
0: Um, and Gardner when, can kind of do that, but in like a weird way. Yes, like he's he, got it. It's like it's, his is like a different way of doing. And
1: it, it and it's got to be the right matchup. And I think what's interesting is is that he's here's your leading scorer. He he goes what um, he plays twenty minutes in this game. He takes four shots. Yeah, makes friend, uh,
0: Gardner, you mean? Yeah, yeah. At the box score. And and he's, he's got. Yeah, he didn't play that much.
1: And he's three for five from the from the free throw line. He's your leading scorer from last year, right? And and he basically does a, what amounts to nothing. And and they kind of cruise a little bit there in the last like you know five yeah. ten minutes, right? He
0: drew four fouls.
1: And he did have nice. nine boards, which I don't want to overlook. Yeah. Um, but I just think yeah, that's interesting Armand to me.
0: Seven fouls.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's interesting that like when you when you think about what Virginia can do, right, with this mix of talent, Vanderplass is such an interesting addition for them because he he brings a lot to the table that you think of with Gardner, but he has the three point shot in his arsenal. So whereas I think Jaden has to work really hard at times. And he's, I mean, he's really got to be amped up, like really, like the the, the energy has to be so high. And it felt like
0: they had a pretty good like plan for him and like yeah. he just didn't have a lot. Of, he wasn't getting good looks like.
1: Yeah. And I think part of that, too, is that like you're playing a team that that I think honestly sort of understood him in a way. Right? And they're
0: bigger than most teams and, than, exactly. like, at their level. Like they have like the Monroe dude, he's like six eight. Medley Bacon is like a legit big man. Like he's yeah. like seven feet tall. He's like seven
1: and he's long and he's really long. I mean, he's yeah. you know, he's probably got seven four, seven five wingspan. Um and I thought too the the Maltzby kid, even though he didn't have like a great efficient night you know he mm-hmm. his, i thought i just thought that central did a nice job of one using their length and athleticism and then two i think LeV- just he does a good job man he's a good coach he yeah under- they're they're definitely the like a well-coached
0: team i mean and so I, I they didn't mean, turn the ball over nice... much they had eight like you know they they just played sound basketball like justin wright by the way is like he probably shouldn't be playing in the me
1: i was going to say i was i yeah. was gonna i was getting to that. Is like you know the, this is a this is a good opponent to to open up with because you're going to get challenged yeah y- if you if you do what you need to do you'll win the game but they're going to I definitely get think that's better
0: than Navy Absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely
1: but you you know you look at UVA UVA you know they they dominate the boards which is great um, you know they had more second chance points which is great uh, the bench came out scored 20 that's great um, interestingly enough though uh, Central had the 2018 advantage in the paint, which is uh, just very interesting.
0: UVA went a long time with like no paint points. They had yeah. like in the first half, we were looking at the box score, and it was like eight fast break points or eight like points off turnovers or something, and it was like no layups. Yeah, like because they were all they were threes in transition, basically.
1: Yeah. So in in all in all, I think it's a a good good kind of start to the to the season. Certainly, um, you know, if you if you subscribe to the plus minus. Kihei was plus 11, um, Armon was plus 10, Vanderplass was plus 10, um, Jaden Gardner was minus one. So that, you know, I, I, I'm not a big, a huge believer in plus minus, but I do think it's an interesting way to look at the game. Kevlar's also scored 1.259 points per possession, um, which given the, some of the lean years we've seen. Yeah, I'll take um, it. <laughs> yeah exactly every time uh, Virginia gonna score 73 points in the game I'm all about it um, What's a little interested to see though that that Central shot 42% from the floor um, You know I That's not exactly the number I would have expected For for Virginia but Coincidentally you know that kind of brings us to the next point Which is like defensively We know that this team has Experience The question is kind of putting it together They do not have a guy I mean the closest I think they have would be Um You know if Beekman can play up you know, Play a little A bigger guy Or Franklin can Can guard a kid But they don't really have a A wing That you're gonna just Put on a dude And to your point earlier about Um You know Trout and Dunn So The plan right now Is at least for Bond To Redshirt Uh, Bond would be that dude Right He would be the guy That you'd put On multiple positions Right To try to turn off some water Um I'm not sure if they're gonna Get that from Dunn Or if they're gonna look For that from Dunn Um so I think a lot of it's going to fall on the guys that you know. Um, speaking of freshmen, I I was really impressed that not necessarily with everything that he did in the 23 minutes he got, but I thought McNeely, he moves his feet really well, and I think he's going to be a pretty good defender. Um, you know, he yeah, he seemed
0: okay. He did definitely didn't. I mean, this is just a MEAC team, but yeah, I didn't I didn't feel like he was like, oh man, like they're just picking on him, and they did a little yeah. bit early, but like he was fine. Like he didn't have yeah. issues.
1: I, and I feel like you know, considering it made sense to me that they were trying to get him minutes. Now it did help that Reese was in some foul trouble in the first half, and so Tony was able to really give McNeely some some burn. Um, all in but all, yeah, I think he was he was fine. Yeah, yeah he. I, I was going to say he was. He seemed like he fit. Um, now you know he he didn't have you know he he made one three. Yeah, um, I mean he's
0: going to have to make some threes to play. He's got yeah he's going to
1: need to he's going to need to hit some more shots. Probably also he didn't have any assists. He's gonna have to contribute in other ways. But look, at the end of the day, to to get out there in your first game and play that play that way, I think it's a really nice, you know, you know, opener for him. And when clearly it's clear,
0: they I mean they trust him. Like, exactly. That's know, exactly like what I was gonna say. It's clear minutes. that
1: they that they want to incorporate him more, that he's in the he's clearly in the rotation because to get that much burn, um, especially in a game that for a little while there was kind of tight. Um, you know, that's what you want to see. Um I go want to go back to Shedrick though because I do I mean I, I, re, I don't want to sound the drum over and over and over again too loudly but man they are just a very different team when he's like in Akeel Mitchell territory right like when he's when he's he he was making
0: individual plays he like really was and he
1: and yeah. and it was and it wasn't even like you know he's had those spells before where he just like he catches lightning in a bottle and all of a sudden I mean he is everywhere but i thought here he was doing it on both ends i mean he was it wasn't like he was dominant and down low and he's just like dunking on people and stuff but everything moved so much better um once once he ratcheted things up i thought even offensively they looked they looked more comfortable they looked cleaner everything just the ball moved better um you know he was you know he he at one point i think he had like two rebounds and then out of nowhere he's got 7 a um, couple blocks, a couple of steals, a couple of assists I just thought he did a nice job of Turning it on when they really needed him to And I thought he was integral to them pulling away in this game I don't think it's a stretch to say that this team This team is like top 10 good When two things happen When Franklin's shooting the way he shoots uh, Against um, Central and, and kind of you know in the NIT And toward the latter part of last season And he did it randomly
0: like through the season. He would have like a game where he'd do that. And it's like, but then he just couldn't replicate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So now he's kind of in that place. Um, you know, the last what what is it, 10 games or so? So one, when when Franklin's shooting the ball well, and then two, when Shedrick is playing, you know, that sort of suffocating, you know, physical um, you know, like you kind of feel like there's two of him out there sort of defense. That's when they can be special. And I'm not gonna put all of it on him and say, hey, you got to be this thing, you got to be a Mitchell every night, right? But when he is, I mean they're just a very different team. and he is a very different player. Um, I'd like to see him, I'd like to see them incorporate him more in the offensive end. I'd also like to see them stop trying to th- toss bounce passes in the lane. Uh, I'm t- I'm really tired yeah. of seeing guys drive. And there get were a in, couple then, that
0: I was like, "Oh, we're doing this again." <laughs> You're gonna drop,
1: and I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, let's let's not do that." You know, um, these. There was you know, one where somebody, I
0: think it, I want to say it was McNeely tried to do like a wraparound pass, and like it went off the defender's leg
1: and out of bounds, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, that
0: was aggressive." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm also very intrigued, like I said before, about Vanderploest because you know he he's the kind of player that you you UVA has not had a dude. Who you could plug in that could both give you experience off the bench and hit the three ball, right? Like you think about like Braxton Key, like he was an experienced, you know, kind of defensive minded player that Tony could use. He paired him perfectly with Dre, and they were able to sort of tag team a lot of three four uh, combos here and there, right? And they could switch back and forth. But Braxton wasn't a guy you're going to put in there who's going to be knocking down shots, and that does change the calculus, especially if they want to play Kihei and Reese together. And I don't want to harp. I don't want to harp on that all season. I, I don't want to, that to be a broken record. But it is something I'm. I'm very curious to see now that you have McNeely, a guy that you feel comfortable with that ball in his hands, that you feel like you. You know, he he's clearly a, a pretty decent shooter. If Franklin's going to continue to hit the three ball, maybe this is not. You know, you're taking that 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 sort of uh, pressure off the system. But man, it 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 continues to be for me. Um, it just feels like when those two guys are out there together. Um, things can get stagnant And so it's going to be Integral I think For Franklin to shoot well For Vanderplass to get his His burn and shoot well And also for You know when the time Comes for McNeely to shoot well um, Is it weird to you That that Poppy's taken Like a week off Or whatever to go It's weird It's just like Unprecedented I feel like Right I don't think I've ever seen it before Where a guy was like Hey good luck in, in your Tournament there fella
0: Yeah, I mean, like it's not the worst part of the season for it to happen. Like, you know, you're you're playing Monmouth, and then I guess he'll miss the Northern Iowa game, but he'll be back. Seems like it's just like a weekend or something. But it's interesting because, um, you know, obviously Shedrick's gonna have to play more, but then also that means that Trout's probably playing a lot in this game. Like, and that's
1: gonna be interesting, um, because look, I think that there's an absolute place for Poppy. I think you need the physical. Yeah, he you know, played
0: great the other night. I mean, for the most part. Like, yeah, he
1: had he had some really nice moments, right? And he that's exactly what you want from him, especially you know if if you can if you're going to continue to get what you can get from uh, from Shedrick, but Trout's Trout's going to be interesting to watch, and not I, I feel bad that Dave's not on the show because you know he has a whole rant for you about these kids on these uh, these scoot scoots without <laughs> without helmets wearing Crocs. Uh, we saw trout come by us at the tailgate the other day, and there was a bus coming, and Dave was very concerned. Um, so, you know, shout out to all of you out there who uh, yeah. look who both could, ways, guys. You know, maybe maybe we can figure out some sort of nil deal with like a helmet company um, that can <laughs> that can help these athletes who have only scooters um, and are not wearing helmets. But anyway, I digress. Um, I'm really curious to see the kid in action. I, I think you know, for everybody who loved Jay Huff, and you know. Um, I'm not begrudging anybody who did anything. He was a lot of fun to watch and certainly a lot of fun to cover. Um, trout is kind of that type of player, but in a, you know, a much more like sort of ball savvy. Um, like you get the sense like trout's a more, um, whereas Jay was just sort of a raw athlete, Trout's a more polished athlete, um, a little bit more sure of himself, um, whether the ball is in his hands or whether he's trying to get to the lane. Um, and it's not just athleticism and length, right? He's, he's got some fluidity to him. Um, he's a little bit of a different prospect in that respect. So I feel like I'm, I mean, personally, I'm just really excited to see the kid out there. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested to see what's, what that looks like. Not just while Poppy's gone, but then, you know, Hey, what's he comes back, what's it, you know, uh, granted, it's only a couple games, but it's a decent amount of practice time. Um, and they're going to need somebody to sort of play that role. I also am curious, like, how much do you think you you can expect to? You, how much do you think you're expecting uh, Tony to go small to play? You know, uh, Gardner and and Vanderplass together.
0: I think there's going to be times for it, like for sure. Um, I'm the only thing with that is like it depends on the opponent, but like you're you're sacrificing a lot of rim protection there. Like I think um, if you don't have like another guy in there, like you're saying, if like bvp is like the
1: five well i mean it could be either way right yeah because i mean one. yeah i just
0: think it depends on the opponent there's going to be teams you can get away with that against and then there's going to be teams you can't like and they couldn't really do that in this game and i think that's part of the reason like trout didn't play and and not to mention like the game never got away from nc central like you know it was competitive but like they had a seven footer so it's kind of like you know you want to have like kafaro or or shedrick in the game and um I think there's going to be some of that. I think I, I think there's going to be times where they're going to need the lift on the offensive end. And you know, we talked about that when they were kind of stagnant on Monday night. Like if they went small, I think they might have been better off at times, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come down to matchups and stuff like that, but I was encouraged by how it kind of all fit together. We'll, we'll need to see more. I mean, we're we we can't take too much from 40 minutes of basketball, but um you know like I, I felt like bvp i'm just going to call him that um fit in pretty well and like you know he did some good things on the offensive end and on defense end he's a little clumsy sometimes um <laughs> but you know not not in a bad way like he wasn't fouling all over the place but it was just kind of interesting to see like you know just his movement and stuff um but yeah i think like you know if he can if he can bring the tony bennett level of defense that's expected from somebody that can do the things he can do on the offensive end then he's going to be a big part of what they're doing and, you know you look at gardner playing 20 minutes a game i don't think that's going to be the norm but i think you're going to start right. to see bvp like play you know a significant number of minutes and somebody's got to sit if he's out there
1: yep all right i think this is a good place to put a pin in it obviously virginia playing friday night um <laughs> if you're if you're getting up early to tailgate might as well just not leave just saying yeah, just go
0: to your lots. And then Monday they play again. So <laughs> and then they're back. Yeah. Before, we, before we record again.
1: Yeah, so, so we'll we'll have lots of uh, hot takes, and hopefully Dave will be at, be back to, to give you some of his own. Uh, if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. Um, if you want to give us a rating or review, we uh, very much appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at calvescorner.com. Um, Let's see, I wrote that. Uh, four takeaways piece about the opener So I, I mentioned a little bit out here And we got a lot of game week stuff Whether it's the Presser um, The three two one that Ferber does on, on the day after Except for that one time when he was sick um, <laughs> Why did I say that? That was mean um, uh, Dave's Cheers, Fears, and, and Beers is, is also up there um, And then of course after every game The Take-Two uh, presented by the good folks Over at My Perfect Franchise You can uh, check them out MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you, my thanks to them. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show, and, of course, I want to thank Ferber for being gracious to his time on this fine Wednesday evening, as always. I very much appreciate it. So, for Justin Ferber, i Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. I'll see you soon.